1: to. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy30.
2: Game time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is last year's NHL scoring king and a rare number one pick in the NHL draft. Austin Matthews.
3: Today's guest has been called a pioneer, a trailblazer, and an outlier. He hails from that noted hockey hotbed of Scottsdale, Arizona. He trained on ice that's one-third the size of a normal rink, and rather than play major junior hockey or college hockey, he turned professional and played in Switzerland. And it's my pleasure to welcome Toronto Maple Leafs center Austin Matthews to the show. Austin, great to see you. Thanks for joining us today.
4: Thank you, Boomer. Thank you for having me.
3: Now you had off-season wrist surgery. How how is the wrist, and you guys are off to a great start. But how are you doing?
4: Yeah, the wrist feels good. Um, you know, it took me a little bit to kind of get back into uh, into form. I think uh, just getting my strength back and everything was a bit of a work in progress. But I mean, it feels great. I feel like I'm uh, I'm pretty back, pretty much back to normal. Feels like it was when I was healthy. So uh, I couldn't ask for any more than that.
3: Hey, I was going to ask you. Did you see the Trevor Ziegris and the Sonny Milano goal that they pulled off with the Ducks?
4: Yeah, I did. That was, uh, that's going to be a hard goal to beat for goal of the year. That was pretty incredible.
3: I'm just thinking, would that be something like you and Mitchie Marner would try to pull off up there, or would Sheldon O'Keefe go crazy if you tried that?
4: Uh, you know, he, he's all about create creativity and stuff, so I'm sure you wouldn't be too mad about uh, trying that, especially if you were able to pull it off. But um, I think it's just the, the situation you got to be in is – kind of has to align with with what you're trying to do. And it obviously did for those two guys, and they executed it pretty nicely. So hats off to them.
3: You know, the Leafs were one of the first teams to play against the Islanders, my son-in-law's team. You know Matt very well as he played with you for two years Mm -hmm. down at uh, the Belmont Arena. What did you think of the new arena down here on Long Island?
4: It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. It's still, uh, I think it's still a little bit unfinished, a bit of a work in progress. But um i mean the the whole thing uh it's beautiful once it's fully done and, and fully uh fully going i think it's it's going to be a really exciting place to to watch a hockey game and um it's always a, a great atmosphere and they're playing as well
3: you know i always wonder like what you guys say to each other on the ice and you know my son-in-law was with you when you were a rookie up there in toronto and now he's back home with the islanders uh you know any interesting conversations between the two of you guys when you see each other
4: um, not really. I think, uh, he told me he'd let me, uh, knock him out at center ice if I bought him a Rolex, uh, one time. But, uh, other than that, I think, you know, we kind of keep it pretty professional out there and, uh, just kind of do our jobs. But, uh, he's a scary man. He, uh, he can really lay the body out there. So I just try to keep my head up if I'm out there against him.
3: Yeah, very smart. I would definitely advise you to do that. We're just getting warmed up with Austin Matthews. Stay with us as Game Time continues right after this. All right, welcome back to Game Time. Austin Matthews' father, Brian, recalls that his son had a very big grin on his face the first time he skated at age six. I remember seeing that smile, he said, and thinking, dang, this is going to be an expensive sport, and it turned out to be an expensive sport, but it certainly paid off. So your dad and your uncle took you to see the Coyotes when you were two years old. Now, according to your dad, you were more interested in the Zamboni than the actual players, is that true? Can you remember yeah, that?
4: Yeah, um, I mean, that's true. I remember I had a bit of an infatuation with the Zamboni growing up for some reason. Uh, I don't know why, but um, early on, I guess, I don't know, I was too young to really realize exactly what was going on. I just liked the, the, the truck that I called it that was uh, out there wheeling around on the ice. So your dad
3: played baseball at Loyola Marymount College. He said that you are a very gifted hitter, a very good baseball player. Why hockey over baseball?
4: Um, you know, I think it was just, that was kind of my passion. I, I really enjoyed baseball, but I, I just liked the fast pace of hockey. Um, it was just kind of always my my number one passion, but um You know, it was really fun for me and my dad to just kind of bond over that um, with him having played baseball and and him being able to kind of teach me everything and show me the ropes. It was really fun and uh, a really fun experience for us to just go through together. But I think deep down, uh, I think both my parents would admit that um, they always kind of knew that hockey was my number one passion and eventually baseball would kind of come to an end.
3: You know, I was sure ice is hard to come by uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona, no matter what time of year it is, but I would think the summer would be the hardest. I'm just thinking about, I was reading you, you used to go to a place called Ozzie's Ice. Mm -hmm. And what was Ozzie's Ice like? What did it look like? And was it a full-size rink? And was there a hockey league there? Or what what was it, you know, what did you get out of working out there?
4: Yeah. So Aussie ice was the, uh, that rink you're referring to. It's like one, probably one third of a, an actual, uh, regulation ice rink. Um, and it was like two sheets back to back, um, pretty small place, but they had a, like a little gym and stuff. So I, I grew up playing a lot there. Uh, it was just three on three and kind of a small area space. So you just, uh, kind of had to make, I guess, quicker decisions really kind of stick handle through guys and stuff. And, Um, The game's kind of a bit quicker. And um, I did a lot of training there growing up. I spent a lot of time there. Unfortunately, they they closed down and it's now a rock climbing facility. But um, Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of hours at that rink um, working on uh, skating, stick handling, everything. And um, I mean, I had a blast. I had some really good memories there.
3: You know, a lot of American kids are going to be watching this interview. You're very, very popular uh, in our country, obviously. And you went to Donnie Granado's U.S. national development team in Michigan. And that is, that's a, you know, you, to go there, you number one. you have to be selected to go there and be good enough to go there. But you also have to make a serious commitment. Like, what would you tell kids that want to follow in your footsteps and, and trying to get into a program like that?
4: You know, it, it's a big commitment, um... You know, and it, it definitely helped me in, in so many different areas, just becoming more of a professional and in my development uh, for hockey. But um, I, I have this conversation with people all the time, honestly, and it's, I mean, I don't think it really matters where you go or where you play. Like, I think if you're if you're good enough and, and, and you're committed and you have fun and and, uh, and and really work at the things that that make, you know, you great, then, you know, no matter where you play, I think you, you have a chance and an opportunity to make it. But um, fortunately for me, the the NTDP was just a great uh, stepping stone for me to go and uh, be around 22 of the other uh, best players of my age group in the country and, and practice every day and compete and have fun and, and just build a special bond. And on top of that, you're representing your country. So, I mean, I had an amazing two years there and I definitely credit, um, you know, that program to a lot of the su- success that I've had in my career. You know, you chose not to go to
3: college. You chose not to go play in the Western Hockey League. You went and played in Switzerland, of all places, Zurich, and you became a pro at a very young age. What was that experience like?
4: It was uh, it was pretty eye opening, honestly, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I uh, it was a bit of a, a headache, um, you know, that summer, just kind of trying to figure everything out. A lot of uh, a lot of hoops to kind of jump through, but. Uh, the experience I had over there, uh, the relationships, friendships, the people that I met, and uh, the hockey that I was, uh, you know, able to experience and able to play was uh, was unbelievable. And if I had to do it all over again, I would. All righty, we'll return more
3: with Austin Matthews right after these messages.
2: Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport, built Ford Tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe.
3: Right, when the Maple Leafs made Austin Matthews the first overall draft pick back in the 2016 NHL draft, expectations were high in hockey crazed Toronto. The 19-year-old phenom didn't disappoint. He scored a record four goals in his NHL debut, and I got to believe, Austin, it couldn't have gone any better for you that night.
4: Yeah, the only thing that uh, could have gone better is if we won the game, uh, unfortunately, but, you know, it was a dream come true just to play, and, um, yeah, like, I... I I always tell people like I, it's hard for me to recall stuff because it was just such a crazy uh, swirl of emotions that whole night uh, with everything that went on. But um, you know, it was uh, it was pretty special. Yeah, I'm sure you know just how
3: hockey-crazed Toronto is. I'm not sure you knew what you were getting yourself into when you first got picked there, but I was on a trip in Montreal with my own hockey team, and one of the guys on my hockey team is from Canada. You were the first pick that night. He was crying. I don't think I've ever seen (laughs) him cry, but that showed me the passion of the Toronto hockey fan.
4: Yeah, I I noticed it right away from the second I got drafted, honestly, and it was really eye-opening when I kind of stepped foot uh, in the city and, you know, you get recognized going places and, and people stopping you and stuff. And that's kind of when I really realized like, okay, like this is, uh, this is for real. Like these people really, really love hockey. And, um, you know, I, I feel really fortunate to play in a place that uh, fans and, and people are, are so passionate about the team and really love the players and want to see us succeed. Um, you know, even with all the the craziness and the media and all that stuff, I think it's just, Um, You know, you just kind of take it in stride. But I I feel really lucky to to play in such an amazing city. You know, what's it like playing with John Tavares? You know, when
3: he signed and left the Islanders, the people down here in New York were devastated. (laughs) And I'm sure going back home to his hometown team and becoming the captain of your team was a big step in, 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 in his life. What about for you? And how did it impact you when you were a younger player?
4: Yeah, it was great. Uh, It's been great having Johnny, Um, you know, a guy with his level of experience. He's been a captain in the league before, um, you know, first overall pick. So I think, um, you know, kind of bringing him here, it's obviously helped the team with, you know, just how incredible a player he is, a great leader. Yeah. but uh, yeah, the, the welcome home he got back on to, to New York was something I've never seen before in my life. It was, uh, it was funny. You almost couldn't help but just laugh and, and smile and just try to have fun with it. But, um, you know, he's been an incredible addition to this team and uh, he's helped me in a, a, a numerous amounts of way, just the way he approaches the game and how, uh, how professional that he is uh, just in his everyday work and his work ethic and stuff. So, uh, he's a great guy to have on your side, that's for sure, and, and we're really happy to have him in Toronto. You know,
3: I know things haven't gone everything, you know, the way you want it to go, and I think everybody expected you guys to win a Stanley Cup championship here somewhere along the line, and things haven't gone that well. As a matter of fact, your general manager Kyle Dubas compares your situation to that of the Boston Red Sox, where you know there was always something that got in the way of the Red Sox. Until they finally won with Theo Epstein as their general manager, you feel something along those lines that maybe this year could be the breakthrough year for you guys.
4: Yeah, we definitely have that belief in our locker room. Um, like you said, I mean, we obviously uh, haven't met the expectations that uh, that we've set for ourselves and that other people have set for our, for our team and our club. But um, there's a, a, a sense of belief in our room, no matter what happens, and an unwavering belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, within our organization and um, you know obviously getting the confidence from your coaches, your general managers president, owner um, you know in our group um, you know that's all, that's all we feel we really need so uh, we've got a great team uh, it's still early in the season but obviously uh, we just try to get better every single night, every single game and um, you know we're hoping, we're obviously expecting big things from ourselves this year
3: Alright we'll be back in a moment for more with Austin Matthews Welcome back everyone. As we continue with Toronto Maple Leafs superstar Austin Matthews, earlier we mentioned that Austin's uncle had taken him to his first Coyotes game, unfortunately Billy Matthews passed away in his early 30s without getting to enjoy watching his nephew light up the league and Billy fell victim to the ravages of a disease called cystic fibrosis and to honor his memory Austin has become involved with Toronto's Hospital for Sick Children better known as Sick Kids. And, you know, Austin, you know this, you and I have something in common. Unfortunately, your uncle Mm -hmm. Billy passed away from CF. My son Gunnar at the age of 30 has CF. Uh, Did your uncle ever talk to you about the disease and tell you what he was dealing with?
4: You know, I was so young and um, I never really had a chance to to talk to him uh, about that. Unfortunately, he passed when I was, I want to say three or four years old. So, Um, but him and my dad were super close. They were best friends growing up and um, so I, I kind of know everything that, you know, he kind of went through and just how, um, you know, just, just how bad it, how bad it was, uh, going through that and just all, you know, the emotional roller coaster for, the, you know, my family, my dad and, and Billy himself. So, um, you know, I feel really fortunate, you know, you kind of think things kind of happen for a reason and, and being drafted in Toronto, we, um, you know, built a relationship with Sick Kids almost immediately and, was able to go in there and, and visit kids, not that not just who had uh, CF, but you know other diseases, cancer, uh, etc. So, um, you know, it's it's awesome to be able to make an impact and, and just kind of put a smile on kids' faces and, and make their day, and just kind of get to know uh, different people. Um, so, I, I feel really fortunate for that. And now um, we have a, a box actually that they brings uh, families and kids from sick kids. Um, for i believe half of the home games that i have the box for so they bring kids from from there and they come and they uh, they enjoy the game and uh pre-covid we we'd meet after and take some pictures and just kind of chat but uh, unfortunately now um, not able to do that but uh, it's still fun for them to come and watch and enjoy the game
3: Well, I certainly appreciate that part of your life. And, you know, NFTs, now you're going to have to explain this to me because I really don't understand all of this, these non-fungible token things. And I'm sure the people in the audience who are older than me don't understand it. I can guarantee you that. So they're the hot collectibles these days. Now you had an NFT that you created for sale on Open Seas to benefit cystic fibrosis. Exactly what is this?
4: Like you said, it's a non-fungible token. Um, It's kind of like digital art, I, I suppose. But um, yeah you know when it kind of started uh, taking off a little bit I kind of had some interest in it and um, so I was able to create it and, and obviously get back to uh, to a great cause and I don't know if I'll, uh, I'll maybe be doing more in the future as of right now I'm, I'm kind of taking a little bit of a break from it um, it was a lot of work but it was, it was a lot of fun for the time being and uh, we'll just kind of see where it goes from there we'll be back to continue our chat
3: with Austin Matthews in a moment
2: Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe.
3: All right, we're back with Austin Matthews, who is on the cover of NHL video game for the second time in his young career. Actually, there are two different editions of NHL 22 and Austin appears in his hockey gear for one cover and then the casual look on the other side. Now, you're sort of a fashion icon in the NHL. What is it about your fashion that makes you a little bit different than everybody else?
4: Ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I think um, it's just something that I'm into. I like clothes. I like style, and um, you know, I, I like to express myself, and and maybe uh, kind of hover, uh, hover the line, maybe um, you know, cross the line a little bit with with things I like to wear. Maybe a little bit exuberant, but um, you know, the NHL's kind of got a bit of a uh, a bit of a dress code with the suits and stuff, but outside of the rink i like to i like to just wear what makes me happy and um you know if that means wearing different things that maybe not everybody likes or or wears it doesn't really bother me i just kind of wear what what makes me happy hey you being
3: from phoenix do you think the coyotes can make it there austin or do you think they'll have to move or do you think they'll get a new building
4: yeah i do think they can make it there honestly i think um you know, the building is, is a big part of it, and, and maybe moving into a, a bit of a better location uh, would really help uh, that situation quite a bit. But, I mean, biasly being from there and, and growing up and them being the reason that I got into hockey, uh, I mean, of course, I, I'd, I'd want them to stay there and, and be successful. But um, at the end of the day, it is a business, but, um, you know, I'm hoping that it all works out.
3: You know, I know you're proud of your Mexican heritage from your mom's side. And, and you know, this year, the stadium, series, next year the stadium series is going to be in Nashville. Do you see yourself ever lobbying Gary Bettman that maybe, just maybe you guys could play a game in, in your mom's home country of Mexico or no?
4: You know, I've been asked this question a couple of times. And I think, you know, even playing a preseason game uh, or something like that out there would, would be a blast. Um you know, just going down there for, for four or five days and experiencing the culture. Um, and then in the end, just having a, having a preseason game and, and um, you know, being able to showcase the, the sport of hockey that, you know, isn't very popular down there to, to an abundance of people, I think, would go a long way. And it would just be uh, an incredible experience for everybody involved. How about a
3: stadium series against the Coyotes, the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Coyotes? Where could they play it in Arizona?
4: Uh, I don't know. You might have to take it, uh, take it a bit north where it's a bit colder. It's pretty, uh, pretty warm in the wintertime, even. So, um, I don't know, maybe up in Flagstaff or, or somewhere, uh, somewhere up there. But uh, that would be pretty fun. I like, uh, I like where you're going with this. Ah, uh, you know, I have you fantasized
3: about holding the Stanley Cup at Center Ice there up in there in Toronto.
4: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's hard it 's hard not to just with how incredible this fan base is and how passionate they are and um you know what what it could be like and that 's obviously uh the goal that we 're all working towards
3: so austin has your n h l career thus far lived up to your expectations
4: yeah a- absolutely i think um you know you learn a lot um and it's not all uh you know you go through highs and lows and it 's not all pretty but i mean um you know, you wake up every day and, um, you know, I thank God I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm doing what I've always wanted to do and, and living out my dream. And, you know, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, but I just try to always remember, uh, and keep in, in the back of my mind just how, how fortunate I am to be doing what I love, uh, and earning a living doing this. Um, because there's a, a number of other, uh, people that, uh, would love to be in this position and I definitely don't take it for granted.
3: You know, you're a great ambassador for American Hockey. I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Austin, good luck to you, and thanks for joining us today. And to all of you out there for watching, I'm Boomer Esiason. I'll see you again real soon right here on Game Time with NBA immortal Dirk Nowitzki. You know, you look a little different without the mustache.
4: When I shaved it off, I I kept double-taking myself in the mirror because I couldn't recognize myself. So, (laughs) I think I might be bringing it back. Uh, I just think it's kind of who I am, and it's a part of me, like I said, but um, it was pretty nice kind of, uh, having the baby face for a little bit, but I think it's going back.
3: I had a mustache in college and, uh, I, I when I, when I took it off, I said, you know what, it's never coming back again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I
0: like the way this looks.